Hi, I'm Dr. Mila Brugic, and today I'm joined with Dr. Leslie O'Dell, where we're going to be talking more specifically about the medical optometric model on the Optometric Insights Show. So, Dr. O'Dell, thank you for being here. I'm really excited for, for you to have this discussion because you've really started something kind of interesting and special. You know, we talk about optometry becoming increasingly specialized, and and you are really emulating this in this new model. So, so share with me in the audience really kind of what you're doing that's that's just a little bit different than the traditional optometric model. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. It's always fun to get a chance to kind of chat with you. So thanks. Thank you. Uh, Medical Optometry America is really uh, a new, really think of it like a new brand in eye care. We've been hearing from industry for years now that we have to really embrace our medical side of eye care if we want to survive the online threats um, that are happening with retail, um, whether it's optical or um, contact lens threats. And so for me personally, my career has always really revolved around ocular disease. I did a residency through the Baltimore VA and spent um, the first half of my career working along um, an, in an integrated practice alongside a cataract and LASIK surgeon and really didn't spend a lot of time doing refractive care. We didn't have an optical. I didn't fit contact lenses. Um, and then I jumped, jumped into an optometric setting, a private practice to focus really on their dry eye needs for, for the past um, four and a half years and realized quickly that contact lenses were more complicated than I remembered in school <laughs> and also and also that it wasn't really what um, was my favorite type of patient to see you know that routine patient really because I was frustrated by lack of dilation in those patients or lack of them understanding disease and really not having the time to learn it you know during that time all they wanted was their contacts or their glasses and so for me the routine patient just became kind of frustrating. Um, and I was really seeking what other opportunities might exist out there. And that's kind of how I um, found Medical Optometry America. So now now clarify this a little bit, because um, your practice setting is 100% medical care, meaning um, you, don't, you don't have an op or, or an optical, you don't sell contact lenses or retail contact lenses or fit really contact lenses at this point. Really, 100% of your uh, care is focused on medical care, correct? That is correct. And so, with that, you know, we still do provide refractions. Of course, you need that as part of an mm-hmm. exam. Um, but then a patient has their the freedom to take that wherever they want. And we're trying to partner with some of our retail chains um, in my area just to kind of push that. Contact lenses right now um, aren't something that I have access to, but that might change in the future. So really, as we were building out the model for Medical Optometry America and this first location, we had these five areas that we were focused on, um, diabetes and making sure patients were getting diabetic eye care, glaucoma management, macular degeneration, dry eye disease, and then surgical co-management. But that is already expanding as we're open these, you know, we've only been open a quarter. We're seeing a big need for um, myopia management and specialty contact lenses. So I think the first area that we're going to grow into is going to be that specialty contact lens space that maybe still stays independent of vision plans. So, so given like a, you know, a, a period of time, a week, for example, what percentage of your time in the office would you say 
is devoted to, at this point anyways, um, to direct patient care, patient visits, and what percentage or portion of your time would you say is devoted to procedures, um, you know, IPL, Lipiflow, tear care, any, anything like that? Well, I am doing a lot of procedures. I'm doing, like you mentioned, IPL, Lipiflow, tear care. Right now, I kind of have it built out that I, I still do. I've been in this community for about 17 years, so I have the advantage of knowing um, the optometrists in the area and have built a really strong relationship with them from my dry eye expertise, if you will. Um, and so, I kind of carved out Tuesday and Thursdays as my procedure days. And I'm surprised, actually, even before I opened my doors January 4th of this year, 2021, I had already had patients scheduled that were um, previous dry eye patients or patients that had been seen over my hiatus while I was doing my build out of doctors saying, hey, you know what, I've reached my point. I need I need you. So I think that I, I'm probably a pretty 50-50 split right now. I mean, but when I'm saying procedures, I'm also calling that dry eye days, you know, so um, but I will say what I've gotten really good at is trying to simultaneously juggle patient care and calls that help to build our business, whether that's a call that's dealing with marketing or a call that's dealing with, you know, billing and credentialing. So the joke is right now, I'm kind of always doing more than one thing at, at a time. <laughs> you're, you're, built, you're building the awareness of the model because I think even a lot of people may be just a little bit confused still. I mean, it's a, it's a really a new space that you're, you're entering. Um, Leslie, what's, I, I know that you just started the practice. Do you have technician uh, help um, and assistance throughout the day as well too? I mean, have you guys built that into your system? Yeah, I have. Um, and I'm, you know, that's been really important to me. And one thing that I lacked when I was in the optometry setting was um, a, a medical uh, scribe. And I had had that for years prior. And it, for me, it just really increases my efficiency. It allows me to focus on the patient and just maximize my schedule. So, you know, we're, working to build a very busy flow of patients, you know, 25, 30, 35 patients a day is, is the goal. And so I wanted to make sure that I was armed. Plus I wanted that patient, that person to be with me so she could learn, you know, the language that I have with the patients now. So as I'm busy and, and need her, she's available and, and understands the job better. Um, and then also we've been able to grow from one tech to two techs, even over, um, these first three months, just because of the increase in patient demand, Great. I could see quickly how, you know, one technician with all our technology was not going to keep for a happy employee for too long. And so we now have kind of this two tech, one scribe to doctor ratio, and it seems to keep flow going pretty well. I, I love something that you said earlier, Leslie, and that is you know, although optometry is continuing to evolve so quickly and so fast um, in terms of the scope uh, amongst the states across the country, and in addition to that, just the technologies that we have to care for patients, you know, one of the things you kind of commented on was, well, we, we have to refract patients because at the end of the day, if there's a reduced best corrective visual acuity, we have, we have to explain that. We have to understand and know why there is a reduced best corrective visual acuity. But I do love that um, you're hypercognizant of where these patients may be coming from and making sure that they get to those um, practitioners that maybe refer them in or things like that if they do require refractive needs. Because I do think that is important. I think that 
patients that are established in practices really do best. Um, you know, if there's a place that, that provides specialty care like you do, that's phenomenal. I think also the consistency of the care for primary care that they've received from whatever the uh, referring primary optometrist was, I think that's always the best place to really get that um, refractive care as well too. So I, I really love that you're cognizant of that. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, even with the dry eye patient, you know, I feel like obviously all optometrists can manage dry eye, but sometimes there is nice to get another set of eyes and another opinion on, you know, a treatment plan that you you might not have been successful with, or the patient might continue to have flare-ups of disease and you just don't, you know, have everything completely understood, or you don't have access to certain testing that might help you get a better clinical picture. So even when I'm treating a dry eye patient, my my goal is to get patients more comfortable in their own eyes. I always tell them my goal is to give you more days where you forget that you have eyes than you have right now. And then I kind of give back the doctor the plan, and then they know I'm there for them if they need me um, with future disease progression and things like that. And I really hope to do that with glaucoma. The area that why I was so excited to open this um, practice and be the first um, of Medical Optometry America here in York County, which you know is kind of rural Pennsylvania, um, is that it seemed like the perfect setting. We don't have access to ophthalmology except maybe a 25, 30 mile radius from where our practice opened. But with my with my clinical background and and my ability to do things like manage glaucoma, for example you know, my confidence level is high just because of the path I've had, thankfully. And I really would love to see that referral network start to grow optometrist to optometrist. You know, I just recently was even speaking to a cataract surgeon that I'm going to be co-managing patients with and kind of commented, he commented a little bit about, hey, you know what, it gets to be a little tricky. I'm seeing glaucoma in these cataract patients, but it wasn't diagnosed yet. I don't know even how to handle that. Is that doctor going to feel good about treating them if they weren't diagnosing. And just like, you know, they've leaned on me for, for dry eye. I'd love to see that same thing happen with glaucoma. And I'm, I want to elevate everyone that I work with and help educate them. And, you know, I'm not going to ever drag your name through mud or anything like that. You know, we're, you're really good at something I'm not good at, which might be pediatrics or vision therapy or, you know, contact lenses sometimes. <laughs> um, so I definitely think it's just good to figure out what your strong suits are and, and, and work together, um, especially because um, the timing also seemed to be right for this model to be tested because of just the flat line of ophthalmologists across the country. I think one statistic I saw recently was one ophthalmologist for every 17,000 people. And you know that we are, you know, a bigger profession, 40,000 optometrists uh, nationwide. And the way that we're trained now is, you know, very heavily medical, whether you've been in practice for years and just have the experience, or you, you know, went through school at a different time when disease was a bigger focus, or you've done a residency, you know, we all have that different skill set than doctors were trained 50 years ago, right? When they weren't even able to put eye drops in and all they did was spend their time refracting. Leslie, um, so, so enlightening. And I'm, I'm really glad that you didn't just dip your toe in the pool on this one. You, you kind of went all in and, and, and it's, and it truly shows in the way that you describe it. Really, really, really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you being with us. We're definitely going to have you back on the show. Make sure to just to subscribe, subscribe to the show. And thank you, Dr. Leslie O'Dell, for sharing with us a little bit more about your practice, specifically how medically natured it is and how you've really kind of carved out this niche. Well, thanks again for having me.